take your Bibles and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 tonight. We're continuing our series of messages on the, the, the church at Corinth and the church at Harvest. Obviously, this is an epistle written to the church at Corinth, uh, this local assembly there, of course, to all saints as well. But uh, we'd like to read verses 5 through 9, but, uh, 6 through 9, rather, but I want to get the context. So we're going to start in verse 1 and read through verse number 9. And uh, this church at Corinth uh, was a church full of schism and division. And uh, really, after the salutation uh, and the greetings, uh, the first nine verses of the chapter, we see the Apostle Paul uh, launching into the schisms and divisions that there were in this church, obviously. And it was supposed to be a church of unity, uh, oneness of spirit, and, uh, and endeavoring to keep the unity, the bond of peace, and the spirit of love. And there uh, was full of divisions, of course. And uh, I want you to notice verse number one. Let's read responsibly tonight here. Let me read the first, uh, the, even, the odd-numbered verses through verse number nine. Read with me, please, the, the four even-numbered verses, beginning in verse number two through verse eight. Again, that's First Corinthians chapter two, verses one through nine. The reading responsibly, and I'll just remain seated tonight. And I, brethren. When I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Verse 9 is a great verse. I guess it can be our text verse. Uh, so let's read it together. Here we go. But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear hath heard, nor entered into the heart of man the things that God hath prepared for them that love him. I want you to notice in way of review, of course, verses 1 through 5, we preached on it three Wednesday nights ago, I believe it was now. And uh, we talked about the Spirit and the cross. And uh, we talked about Paul's method of evangelism. And just in way of rapid review, it's, I believe it's on the screen and we'll just uh, rapid fire through the uh, introductory thoughts here as we launch into our message here in just a couple minutes here. But uh, we see Paul's method of evangelism was not with enticing words, uh, not with excellency of speech, not with in human wisdom, of course. Uh, he was, um, Paul, Paul was, uh, some argue, the greatest uh, apostle that ever lived. Uh, it's for, open for debate, I suppose, but uh, he was a great apostle, but he wasn't... Uh, of excellent speech or uh, of human wisdom, although he had both of those abilities, of course. That's not how his message, method was delivered. His me message was, of course, Jesus Christ and him crucified. And uh, he proclaimed his person, the Lord Jesus Christ, the, the, the anointed one, the, the God of heaven, uh, Emmanuel, God with us, and, uh, of course, the Savior of the world. And uh, then he declared not only his person but his work, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, there's where the power is. Uh, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God and the salvation of everyone that believeth. 
he said in Romans chapter 1, and so we see his method was not with enticing words. His message was Jesus Christ and him crucified. His manner, uh, he was totally dependent upon God, of course, uh, uh, without the pressure of a sales pitch, of course. The gospel's not for sale. Uh, it's not in our presentation. It's in the power of God. And uh, I, re- I remember when Jeff uh, received Christ as Savior, uh, December 11th, next to Monday, he'll celebrate his one-year anniversary. And uh, it was in Sunday school class, and he and, uh, uh, it was just a, a probably a poor presentation of the gospel, but uh, the Holy Spirit of God was working in Jeff's heart, of course, and uh, uh, I didn't save him, of course. I've never saved anybody, obviously. And uh, the Lord did all the saving, obviously, and it's the Holy Spirit that... Uh, I remember hearing Jeff pray, and I, I've heard that prayer hundreds of times by other people and so forth, and, and you want to believe every time it's, the people mean it, of course, but uh, uh, time will tell, and uh, time will tell whether it was just words or if it was from the heart, and uh, I think it was from Jeff's heart. I, I think I had that figured out. Uh, I saw that, uh, of course. Uh, and so Paul wasn't in his ability and his words, but he was dependent on, upon the Holy Spirit of God, the means, of course, was through the Holy Spirit power, uh, with great power, gave the apostles witness of the resurrection. And uh, then, of course, his motive. Uh, Paul's motive was found in 1 Corinthians 9, 20, 19 through 22, uh, that all men might be saved, obviously. He wanted to see men saved. And uh, God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come unto repentance. And so uh, we, as we read this chapter, it deals with the Holy Spirit of God and, and the power that's found in him, obviously. And so uh, I want you to note in the way of introduction uh, tonight here that the Holy Spirit is the illuminator of all divine wisdom. He's the illuminator of all divine wisdom. And uh, the Bible tells us in John 14, verse 26, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, when, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. And so he's the divine teacher when we are Brother Dave's been teaching this in Sunday school class for the last few weeks, obviously. When we are baptized in the Spirit by receiving Christ as Savior, uh, we are indwelt and sealed by the Spirit of God, uh, sealed unto the day of redemption, of course, and we have His Spirit, of course. And uh, and so uh, I want to give you tonight here nine observations. We'll do this rapid fire. Uh, Nine observations about divine wisdom. Uh, the Bible, Bible salvation is the preaching of the cross, verses 1 through 5, that tell us that, uh, uh, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. It's, it's a heavenly plan, not a man-made concoction. And uh, man didn't come up with this uh, revelation of the gospel. Uh, man's uh, gospel is all wrapped up in the word do. What can I do to inherit eternal life? Uh, God's uh, gospel is all wrapped up in the word done. It is finished, Jesus said. Jesus paid it all, of course, and so uh, it's not a, it's not a, we're not advocating Baptist doctrine tonight, we're advocating Bible doctrine, of course, and uh, so I want you to notice uh, verse number one, is, or verse number six as we begin tonight, how be it, he's making a transitional statement uh, uh, in that word, how be it, uh, and he's staying on the same subject, of course, in the preaching of the cross, how be it, we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, and uh, so I want you to notice the uh, first uh, uh, observation about divine wisdom is divine wisdom can only be known by the perfect, is the fill-in-the-blank word. Now you say, what does perfect mean, of course? Uh, uh, in other words, the mature Christian. And uh, 1 Corinthians 3.1, across the page, uh, 
And I, brethren, Paul said, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Uh, maybe you're here and you're a uh, uh, babe in Christ. Maybe you're here and you're not saved yet. Uh, the, the word of God is foolishness. Uh, it's, it's a mystery to those that are not saved, of course. And uh, only by the Spirit of God can God touch an unsaved person's heart and life. And then this book deals with the, the carnality found in uh, these, these Christians at Corinth, of course. And uh, divine wisdom is exempt from the, the unsaved and uh, the carnal babes in Christ. Uh, I was going by a certain section of Torrington. I'll leave it unnamed. Uh, well, I was coming up Kennedy Drive uh, this morning. And, uh, and uh, nobody knows who I'm talking about. But my wife might be able to figure it out. But uh, I remember uh, I saw a sign, and it reminded me of a, a famous rich guy in Torrington. I was in his house several times and uh, owns a lot of land. And uh, he's, he's uh, in, I'm afraid he's in hell today, of course. Uh, he passed away a number of years ago. Uh, was a famous businessman here in Torrington, quite frankly. And I was in his house, and I'm going back uh, 30 years ago. And... Uh, Obviously, I was a much younger preacher back in those days, and he was a Harvard-educated uh, businessman, uh, had several hundred employees and so forth, and uh, I thought of him today, of course, and uh, I remember giving him the gospel, of course, and he was, uh, uh, he was a skeptic, to say the least, but he, he wanted, he'd like to talk to me, and so I was in his house, in his living room, and, and uh, sharing the gospel with him, of course, and uh, and he said, he said something to the effect that he, he thought uh, I was just out, something about his money, of course, and uh, I wasn't there for his money, of course. In fact, we were there to offer him money, as the ironic thing was. And, uh, and I said something about the, the, the gospel, of course, and he said, oh, you're, you're good, you're good. And uh, making fun of me, of course, but that he was, uh, uh, thought that the gospel was a sales pitch, of course. And uh, uh, the gospel is not for, this divine wisdom is, uh, he misunderstood completely, of course. And uh, it's not for the uh, unsaved person. This divine wisdom is not for uh, immature Christians. Uh, Ephesians 4.13 says it this way, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. And uh, one day we'll be perfect, of course, and we're, we're already perfect in Christ Jesus, of course, our uh, we, are, we have positional righteousness already, uh, but practically uh, we still sin and so, so forth. And, uh, but uh, this, God wants us to grow up. Uh, Ephesians 4.14 says that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine and by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lay in wait to deceive. Verse 15 says, but speaking, speaking the truth in love may grow up uh, into him in all things. And uh, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 20 says this, Brethren, be not children in understanding. Howbeit in malice be children, but in understanding be men. So God calls us to, in this divine wisdom, he calls us to be mature, uh, to be complete, uh, to be perfect. Uh, Colossians 2, 10 says this way, that he, and you are complete in him. We have Christ in you. He, we have the fullness of Godhead bodily in us, of course, and now. Uh, we can live a, a sanctified, overcoming Christian life, of course. And so uh, 
a mature Christian understands that. And so divine wisdom can only be known by the, the, the perfect or by the mature Christian, of course. The babe in Christ or the unsaved person uh, is not going to get it. Uh, number two, the uh, latter part of verse number six, howbeit, let me read verse six again, howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world. And uh, goes on to say, uh, nor, the, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught or come to nothing, in other words. And so divine wisdom is not of this world or this age. It's not of this uh, time. It wasn't of Paul's time in, in the time of Corinth here, and it's not in our time right now, uh, nor the, for the princes of this age. Uh, now, the question is asked, we have an A and B here, and uh, who are the princes of this world? Uh, Bible uses that phrase in verse 6 here, the princes of this world, that they, they didn't understand this divine wisdom. Uh, they didn't understand the preaching of the cross. They didn't understand the cross. And uh, so possibly the princes of this world could be the, the national political leaders. And uh, Acts 3.17, uh, backing up to the beginning of chapter 3 of Acts, uh, Paul and Peter and John are at the temple, uh, the gate beautiful, and they healed the lame man. You remember the story? And, uh, and they said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I give I thee. And in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And he began to walk. And uh, it was a miracle. And of course, the Pharisees called him down. And we had a message similar to this uh, uh, in John chapter 9, Sunday morning, with Pastor Greg preached a great message on, uh, Caleb preached on come and see two weeks ago. And then Greg preached a message on uh, uh, seeing but not being able to see, of course. And here we, again, we see this same pattern happening. And uh, the, the princes of this world could not see. And uh, it says in Acts chapter 3, 17, uh, verse 15, it says that the, you, Peter said, you killed the prince of life, whom God raised from the dead, wherever you are all witnesses. They knew that Christ raised from the grave, of course, but they still they had eyes, but they saw not. People know that Christ rose from the grave to this day, of course, and, but they, they refuse to accept it. And uh, verse 17 says of Acts 3, of course, uh, Peter said, I wot that through ignorance he did it. He gave him a little pass. He said, it's through ignorance that you, you, you killed the prince of, of life, of course. And so it could be talking about, uh, verse 6 of our text, could be talking about the princes of this world, or it could be talking about... Uh, Possibly not only the, the political uh, religious leaders of the day, but it could be letter B, possibly talking about demonic angels. And we looked at this uh, again, uh, we touched on this uh, message just a week or so ago. Uh, Ephesians 6.12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And so uh, demonic angels, of course, that... Uh, uh, Christ was crucified and they, they thought they, they won the victory of course and uh, uh, little did they know that they lost when Christ died on the cross uh, he paid it all of course obviously but uh, I don't think it was uh, in, in our text here verse 6 I believe it's the former uh, the, nor the princes of this world are referring to the religious uh, Leaders of the day, of course. Uh, the Bible says in uh, 
Psalm 2, verse 1, why did he rage and why did the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves together, uh, set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, against Christ, saying, and uh, let's cut his bonds asunder. And back to uh, the Gospels, of course, Luke 23, 12 reminds us that the same day, the day of the crucifixion that Pilate and, and Herod became, they were once political enemies, but they, they, they were made friends together, it says, before they were at enmity between themselves. And so uh, one thing this political world and this religious world has in common, of course, they come against, all come against Christ as the Savior of the world, of course, in the Gospel. And so uh, we see divine wisdom is not of this age nor uh, for the princes of this age, but uh, thirdly, uh, divine wisdom is God's wisdom. Uh, notice uh, verse 7 it says, but we speak the wisdom of God. Uh, it's God's wisdom. Uh, uh, Acts 2.32 reminds us uh, Peter is speaking and preaching at uh, Pentecost, and he says, him, speaking about Jesus Christ, being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. Uh, it was God's divine design to send his son to be born of a woman and to die on the cross and to come and live a perfect life and die on the cross and be raised again. It was God's plan. Uh, uh, God could have saved us in so many different ways per se, but without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. It's God that, that created that, that designed that, that uh, through the sacrifice of perfect sacrifice of his son, the salvation could be brokered, of course. And man uh, wants to do it his way. God had his divine way, divine wisdom. Uh, the, the gospel is foolishness to them that uh, uh, rejected, of course. And then uh, divine wisdom, verse number seven again, is uh, we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. And so divine wisdom is, is in a mystery. It's a sacred secret, and uh, I wanted you to turn to Ephesians chapter uh, 3. Let me just, uh, for time's sake, I'm glancing at the clock here. Uh, it speaks about, in verse number 2, if ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given to me, to you, word. Uh, Paul's talking to these Jews and these Ephesians, or these Gentiles, about the dispensation of grace that uh, uh, was hidden uh, it was a mystery. Uh, verse 3 says, How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, uh, as I wrote aforetime in a few words. Verse 4, uh, Ephesians 3, uh, Whereby when he read, he may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Uh, verse 5, Which in other words was made known, was not made known unto the sons of men as is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. And uh, go on to verse number uh, 9 for time's sake, Ephesians 3, 9. Uh, and to make all men know what is the fellowship of the mystery. Three times we read this word mystery, of course, which from the beginning of the world had been hidden God, uh, who created all things by Jesus Christ. But we get to verse 10, and it's the punchline verse, of course. It's, uh, it's to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be made known by the church the manifold wisdom of God, that uh, this wisdom is for the church, is for the, the bride of Christ, is for Christians. It's not for the unsaved, of course. And uh, 
uh, according as his eternal purpose, which he hath purposed in Jesus Christ our Lord. And so we have this divine wisdom, number four, is, is in a mystery. Divine wisdom, three, is, is, is God's wisdom. And then uh, uh, num- number five, uh, divine wisdom is hidden. And uh, again, the verse says, uh, in verse seven, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory. And uh, St. Corinthians 4 reminds us, uh, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. I liked Brother Greg's illustration Sunday morning uh, about uh, the preacher, his wife's preacher, that the first time he heard the gospel, he got gloriously saved. Uh, his preacher, uh, Brother Denoff was his name, uh, Mega Church in Ohio. Uh, he's been in heaven for about 10 years now, I believe it's been that long. And uh, he heard the gospel many times before he got saved. Uh, the gospel is, uh, is, uh, it can be understood by a child, but missed by the PhD, of course. And uh, there's uh, the gospel is, the divine wisdom is hidden, of course, obviously. And uh, it's revealed to the, to the babe, it's uh, uh, the wise and the noble and the mighty, are, uh, their eyes are blinded many times. And then uh, number six, of course, divine wisdom manifests the eternal plan of God. Uh, it says, uh, the last part of verse number seven again, uh, that we were, which God ordained before the world unto our glory. And uh, the Bible says, Romans chapter 8, verse 29, for whom he did foreknow, he, he did also predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that we might be the firstborn among many brethren. And uh, you may not be famous, of course. Nobody here is famous in the world's eyes, of course, obviously. And uh, uh, yet uh, we are... Uh, we're going to be predestinated to the image of his son, obviously. We are, uh, we are far better off than any sports icon or any uh, Hollywood legend or any uh, famous rich person. Uh, we have Christ, and we're going to be conformed to his image and uh, glory, and it's, uh, we're part of his eternal plan. And uh, he came to die for us, of course, obviously. Then verse number 8, it says, uh, which none of the princes of the world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Number eight, divine wisdom is contrary, or, or pardon me, divine, number seven, divine wisdom was unknown to the rulers that crucified Christ. We already touched on this, but uh, uh, not one of the officials uh, responsible for the illegal trials of Christ, whether it was Annas or Caiaphas, the high priest, or, or Herod Antipas or, or, or Pilate, perceived the real identity of Christ. He was right before him, and they didn't understand. Uh, nor did they see uh, his indisputable power as from God, even after the resurrection. Uh, I kind of like uh, Elon Musk. Uh, he's uh, a pretty smart guy, and a pretty rich guy, too. And uh, he, he's expounded some common sense and so forth. And he's uh, uh, probably got an IQ. He's part of Mensa, I'm sure. He probably got 160 IQ or better. And uh, smart guy and so forth, and he gets a lot of things, uh, but uh, he doesn't get, uh, as far as I know, he doesn't get who Christ is. 
He may know a lot of things about space. He may know a lot of things about electric cars and what have you. Uh, uh, but uh, God knows. Uh, uh, we, we know more than the rulers and the mighty men of this world, of course. We have God's divine wisdom through his spirit, obviously. And so that leads me to verse number nine. But I, as is written, I hath not seen, nor ear hath heard, nor hath entered the heart of man the things that God hath prepared for them that love him. Uh, two more, number eight, uh, divine wisdom is contrary to man's experience. Think about this just for, for a moment here, and let me slow down for just a minute. The Apostle Paul, he was no, pardon the slang, he was no dummy. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He went to the Harvard of the day. He was trained by the Albert Einstein of uh, theology and Gamaliel. He probably knew five of the most, uh, uh, we know he knew three for sure, uh, languages of the day. He no doubt knew Latin. He no, no, no doubt knew, of course, his Hebrew tongue. He knew Greek. And uh, he was a brilliant man, of course. Uh, but he, uh, he, uh, he was the best of, he was a, of the tribe of Benjamin, the best of, he'd seen the best of Judaism. He'd heard the the reading of the law so many times that he had memorized, of course. He knew the Pentateuch backwards and forwards like all Pharisees knew. But, uh, so he knew all this. He knew, knew the law verbatim. Uh, he was a Jew of the Jews, a Pharisee of the Pharisee, that went to the smartest, uh, the most intelligent, uh, uh, highest-ranking schools of the day. He knew all that stuff, but he didn't know Christ. And his eyes were blinded. Uh, he, Paul doesn't get saved till almost 10 years or... Thereabouts after Christ uh, uh, ascended up in glory, obviously, and he went about killing Christians, of course, and persecuting. And it wasn't until he met Christ on the Damascus Road. And uh, I remember in Bible college, uh, uh, I got the great privilege of hearing Dr. Carl Woodbury preach. He's a brilliant uh, uh, scholar. He went to school with a guy named Martin Luther King and a guy named Arnold Palmer. He went to the Harvard of the Southern Baptist Convention, which uh, we went back 60 years ago, uh, Crozier Seminary in uh, uh, a liberal school, obviously, and uh, they quit preaching the gospel a long time ago. And he was on the radio in uh, the largest, had the largest church in uh, North Carolina back in the 60s. He wasn't even saved, wasn't even a child of God, and uh, on five states on the radio. And he came to our Bible college and he preached three times a day for uh, five days, 15 times he preached. I heard him all 15 times. Every single message was on salvation. And uh, he, he was to, to learn to deny the word of God, of course, and uh, I believe it was a uh, fairy tale and mystical and so forth. And he took the King James Bible and began to read it, of course, and, uh, for the first time. And an amazing story, of course. And it was a farm boy preacher. Uh, uh, I don't know why I say this, most of you won't know what I'm talking about, but a GRBC farm boy preacher that uh, uh, knew he wasn't saved and witnessed to this high intellect, this man that had uh, degrees and uh, brilliant and so forth, and, uh, and he told me he needed to be saved. Of course, he got, uh, Carl Woodbury got gloriously saved, not through uh, high education, not through uh, his, all his academics, but uh, got gloriously saved by humbling himself and uh, being convicted by the Holy Spirit of God of the fact that he was a great sinner and needed to be saved and uh, was gloriously born again. So uh, divine wisdom is contrary to man's experience. Uh, 
men think they're on their way to heaven because they've had an experience of one sort or another. And uh, salvation is uh, through the Holy Spirit of God, of course. And then number nine, of course, divine wisdom is prepared by God for, for the saved. Uh, uh, eye has not seen, nor ear has heard, nor hath entered the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that loved him, love him, but God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. And so, uh, just one, two, three, four, five here. Let me give you what has God prepared for those that love him. Well, Philippians 4, 7, uh, there's a peace that passes all understanding. Uh, this world's looking for peace, obviously. There'll be no peace till King Jesus comes. There'll be no peace till King Jesus comes into your heart. And uh, so there's a peace that passes understanding, a peace that the world cannot know because they don't know him, obviously. And so uh, peace in the midst of the storm. And uh, so there's, there's peace that uh, is, comes from divine unction, of course, and through the Holy Spirit of God. Then Ephesians 1, uh, 3, uh, he's blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Uh, we have spiritual blessings in, in heavenly places. Uh, I, I heard on the radio today uh, uh, Taylor Swift. Uh, I, I, don't even, I, I don't know one song that Taylor Swift has ever done. I, I, I honestly don't. I don't have a clue. I've never seen her. I've seen, seen her on t television a hundred times on commercials and so forth. And uh, she's uh, the man or woman of the year for, for uh, Time Magazine, I guess it is, and a uh, uh, superstar. And I, I saw that uh, uh, 101-year-old, uh, I can't even think of his name, he's a famous movie icon. Uh, he did uh, All in the Family, and he, he started uh, People for the American Way. Uh, I don't know if you saw that. I just heard on the news a couple hours ago, a few hours ago in my radio that, uh, anybody know his name? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, he, uh, I'm sorry? 100, what's his name? Some 101-year-old some guy died from Hollywood uh, this, today, of course, and uh, uh, anyhow, I uh, put together a number of television shows and so forth, and uh, uh, separation, uh, hater of Christianity, of course. Well, he's uh, was a brilliant man as far as the world is concerned, but he, uh, he knows nothing about uh, salvation in Christ, obviously, and uh, he's, I'm afraid he's in hell today. Uh, and so, and number three here, John 10.10, I am come that they might have life and have it more abundantly, Jesus said. The thief comes from the kill, steal, and destroy. And so only the Christian can, uh, through Christ, not only do we have physical life, but we have abundant life. And uh, we have abundant life in Christ, obviously, uh, that the world cannot know and enjoy. And uh, I said, going back, left off, uh, uh, I wouldn't want to be, well, I wouldn't want to be, uh, uh, Elon Musk or a Hollywood mogul or a, a sports figure or what have you. Uh, without Christ, uh, you can offer all the money in the world and I wouldn't want that. I, I thank the Lord for the life that he's given me, of course. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be conformed to his image, of course. Then Romans 8, 28, uh, we know that one. Let's put it together. And we know that all things work together for good to them who love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. And uh, even bad, tragic days uh, will redound ultimately to our good and his glory. Uh, David had some bad, bad days, and, uh, but we read about it 3,000 years later, of course, and uh, we realize that just man falls seven times and rises up again. Uh, we realize too much is 
forgiven, much shall be required, of course, and uh, we have a great opportunity to live for the Lord, obviously, and, and uh, realize that even our, our bad days uh, can humble us to uh, ultimately have a sweet relationship with the Lord, of course, and uh, be thankful for heaven for all eternity, obviously. And then Ephesians 3.20, of course, now in him that's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we think or ask according to the power that worketh in us. Uh, divine wisdom tells us that life uh, more used than can be possibly imagined. Uh, you say, what do you mean by that, preacher? Uh, when we get to heaven, uh, your greatest accomplishment uh, as such will be uh, when you go to heaven and you meet somebody, and I believe this will happen in some way, you'll meet somebody, and uh, I think of that song, Thank You, Lord, for saving uh, uh, giving to me a uh, life that was, uh, uh, I, I can't quote the, the missions uh, song all of a sudden here, but uh, uh, thank you, Lord. Uh, uh, I'm a life that was saved, of course. And uh, when we meet somebody that uh, we brought to the Lord or influenced to bring to the Lord, and for, for me, I think of, I go back to Ohio, I think of the Wilbur family. I used this a few weeks ago. But uh, I never thought about it, but uh, we got our coach to come to my baseball coach, my to church 50 years ago. And uh, he came and his wife came and then they had six kids and they came and now their grandkids are coming and now their great grandkids are coming and uh, Wilbur's are in their 90s, they're still alive, of course. And uh, uh, I always think of the domino effect. Uh, I'd like to think I had a little part in getting John Wilbur to come to church and uh, sang probably 500 times in church over these last 40, 50 years, of course, and uh, uh, still going to church, as far as I know. And uh, now many multitudes of people are coming to church as a result and so forth. And uh, we'll get to meet those people someday and we'll say it was worth it all, of course. And so we see the spirit in the, the Father's plan. Uh, uh, it's, it's all of him, of course. Well, let's bow for prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. And uh, Lord, thank you for the fact that salvation is full and free in Christ and that uh, you give divine wisdom and understanding and unction and an abundant life, of course, and uh, even our bad things that happen to us uh, work together for good to them that love God, to them are the called, we're called to according to your purpose. And uh, Father, uh, you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we think or ask according to the power that worketh in us. And so, Lord, I pray you bless, dear God, as we uh, seek to serve you, we pray, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.